Hello, and welcome back to the Candid Faith podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, at least it's Thanksgiving for me today um, when I'm recording this. So I am. I got my hair ready, I did my makeup, and I am squeezing in a little recording session before I go to my family's house. But I sincerely hope that you had an amazing Thanksgiving. Um, I hope that you had some delicious food because I know that's what I'm looking forward to today. Um, so yeah, before we dive in, because I forgot about this last time, actually I have two announcements, I think just really quick ones, really quick ones. And then we'll get started because I'm really excited about today's topic. Um, so yeah, so as always 10% off at Hosanna revival, I get all my Bibles there. I love them so much. My journaling Bibles. If you follow me on Instagram, which my handle is at, at home with Shelby, like the at sign <laughs> at home with Shelby underscore. Um, you can see how I set up my journaling Bibles, how um, I highlight and make them pretty and everything. And I've just been a long, 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 long time fan of Hosanna Revival, even before I was partnered with them. But lucky for me and lucky for you, um, <laughs> they noticed me on TikTok and they um, wanted to partner with me and um, all of my social media handles. And now I get to bring you 10% off. And right now they're having their Black Friday sale. They should be, it should still be going on even when this episode is aired. Um, they should still be having their uh, annual sale. So there's that as well. And then I have um, 15% off at Full Leaf Tea Co. for you. I get all of my tea there. They're organic. Every flavor is amazing. I have holiday tea on the way to me right now. My other favorite tea is called Tummy Balance. And I drink that almost after every meal. Um... I love that so much, but they have all different kinds of teas. If you're a tea girly like me, I also drink coffee, but I don't know who I would want to partner with, with coffee. Um, cause I don't drink it that much. I'm more of a matcha gal and full leaf Tico has matcha as well. So yes, go check out their website, 15% off with code Shelby Lynn York. And both those codes will be in the episode notes as well. And then my other announcement, I should have announced this in my previous episode, but I kind of didn't make this decision until after the episode. So at the beginning of season six, it was the episode one was new era of candid faith because that is so true. I took a long break from podcasting and went back into it with a lot of prayer, um, wanting it to be more Holy Spirit filled than it was before. Um, more intentional on my part. And honestly, I feel like this year I've really been focusing on my brand. I've been really focusing on my niche. Um, so if you've been looking at, or if you've seen my blog, you'll notice that it's, it doesn't jump around from topic to topic anymore. It is very, very set on a, on a straight and narrow path because that's just what hasn't worked for me in the past. Like I haven't been successful at sticking to one niche. Um, and so that is what's going on with the podcast. Basically. Um, I was scrolling through a lot of the episodes from the past when I first started podcasting, when I first started candid faith back in 2021 and just like where it's going now and where I want it to go and where I feel like the Lord is leading it 
all those episodes just really don't align with my heart for the podcast anymore. Not that they are not valuable and they aren't great because I've met so many people um, that I would have never crossed paths with thanks to podcasting. But if you've been around Canaan Faith for a long time, you'll know that the episodes sometimes drop from topic to topic and they don't really have any clear direction. And if you've been listening to season six, I know that you have probably noticed such a huge shift, whether it's like, I don't have intro music anymore. I, um, I don't really have like an intro and an outro, um, in the episodes anymore. Um, they're just like in the past, I just felt like I did not leave enough room for the Holy spirit to move. And if you've listened to season one, all the way up to season six, I think, and I hope that, listeners would notice that these episodes, the more recent episodes are a lot more Holy Spirit filled and talk more about God (laughs) than my past episodes. Um, I can like continue like going on and on about that, but that's just like where I am right now. So the announcement is that I have retired a lot of the old episodes. And so now when you go through Spotify, when you go through the episode list, it's going to say like, season one, episode five, and then it might jump to season three, episode six. Like it's going to jump around like that because I just don't want to restructure everything and like make it seem like, oh yeah, all this was season one and all this was season two. And that's just like not true. So, um, yeah, so it's just going to look a little different, but it was very intentional. The episodes I left are very intentional. Um, I believe that they are valuable in terms of the faith, um, in terms of my faith and in terms of inviting the Holy Spirit in and just letting the Lord do what he does best. So I'm sorry if I <laughs> removed one of your favorite episodes, but it was just time. Canaan Faith is moving in, like I said, into a new era and it's going in a much better direction, in my opinion, in a much more focused and Jesus-centered direction. So that's where Candid Faith is, and that was my only little announcement outside of my partnerships. I'm really excited about today's topic because I've kind of touched on it before, but I have been reading the book of Habakkuk. If you listened to last week's episode, um, I dove into chapter two um, and kind of centered a topic from that that I was very, very passionate about. So if you haven't listened to that, please go listen. It's probably one of my favorite episodes because I have such, um, I have a lot of experience in that area. I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) It was good. It was juicy. Um, I loved it. It was a great kickoff to season two, part two (laughs) or season six, part two. Um, so today I just wanted to talk about So like the title of today's episode is worship anyway. And I think my alternate title was rejoice anyway, because that more aligns with the scripture that I'll be reading today. But I just feel like there's a lot going on with the people in my life and in my life, but I feel like I'm seeing it more out of my community where there is the struggle. And I'll share my own experience because this is not me putting other people on blast because I have had to fight my way through this as well, but I just have seen recently this struggle to understand that it's not either or, 
It's not I'm suffering or I worship. It's not I'm sad or I'm going to rejoice and be glad. It's both. It's I'm really sad, but I'm going not but I'm really sad and I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm having a really, really tough season of life and I don't know when it's going to end. And I know the Lord is faithful and I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I think this is not something that you can just master and like be proficient in because life is going to throw us so many curveballs and it's hard to pull ourselves out of like the cloud that we're in um, and remember that, oh my gosh, like we have a heavenly father who is worthy to be praised in all circumstances. And that can be even difficult because when we're going through something sucky, we're like, I just want to sit and wallow and I just want to eat ice cream and pretend like it's not happening. And in college, when I would go through like breakup after breakup because I was seeking validation and worthiness and people like in guys, um, I would just be suffering from like heartbreak after heartbreak and let down after let down. And I wasn't, I was saved, but I wasn't walking with the Lord. And just looking back on how I handled situations then it's not that I would have been, it's not that I wouldn't have let myself feel the feelings because I think it's easy to think like, oh yeah, well, if I'm rejoicing in the Lord and if I'm like feeling joy, then that means I shouldn't feel angry and that means I shouldn't feel sad or disappointed or hurt. And that's not necessarily true or healthy because the Lord has given us emotions. Emotions are not sinful. It's what we do with them. It's how we act on them. It's when we don't bring our emotions to God that we start to truly feel suffering. So it's like a situation that you're like, why is this happening to me? Of all people, like, why is it me all the time? When we don't bring that to God, that's when we experience true suffering because then we're stuck in it. And then a spirit of depression, a spirit of anxiety, of anger, of rejection, of pride, that's when those things start to take root. So like just because you feel angry doesn't mean the spirit of anger is upon you unless you start operating under that spirit and everything, every action, every word that you do or speak is influenced by that spirit. I'm just going to give a little recap of the um, the book of Habakkuk, which is what I've been reading recently and basing um, several of the ep- recent episodes on. So Habakkuk was, he was living in a time where he had experienced revival among God's people, but then he also knew what it was like to live in a society or a culture where there once was revival, but then they backslid into sin. And so Habakkuk is like, going to God and he's like, how can you be letting this happen? Like you're the God of the universe, the seas, the rocks, the mountains, everything cries out to you. 
And I believe that you are sovereign over every situation, but like you're not doing anything about this. There's violence, there's oppression, there's um, there's just a multitude of sinfulness and backsliddenness. And yet, God, you're not doing anything about it. And I'm just confused about the timing of your answer. And then in the next heading, God is like, hey, I hear your prayer. Thanks for it. I'm actually sending the Babylonians, which are who are more, more sinful than you are, to judge Judah, where Habakkuk is. And so then Habakkuk is like, okay, wait, what? <laughs> You're going to send wicked Babylon to judge wicked Judah. I'm confused. And so like I would, I told my Bible study group, I was like, I'm sure Habakkuk was like, okay, God, just for, just delete the email, delete the voicemail because delete the text message. Cause just never mind. I'm, I think we're better off without, without this type of judgment. Like, because it's like, then the cure seems more toxic and more unhealthy and worse off than the problem in the beginning. So like God's cure seemed worse than the issue that Habakkuk was bringing to him in the first place. So now we're in Habakkuk chapter three. That was just like a little recap. There's a lot more that goes on. It's like literally one of my favorite books in the Bible. Please read it. Use the um, enduring word commentary to really like deep dive into it. But Habakkuk chapter three, verses 19, uh, verses 17 through 19. This is the CSB version. And this is kind of where I got the inspiration for this episode. So it says, Though the fig trees don't bud and there is no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though the flocks disappear from the pen and there are no herds in the stalls, yet I will celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord, um, the Lord, my Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like those of deer and enables me to walk on mountains, heights, on mountain heights. And then I'm going to read the message version. Um, though the cherry trees don't blossom and the strawberries don't ripen, though the apples are, wor- are worm eaten and the wheat fields are stunted, though the sheep pens are sheepless and the cattle barns are empty, I'm singing joyful praise to God. I'm turning cartwheels of joy to my Savior God, counting on God's rule to prevail. I take heart and gain strength. I run like deer and I feel like the king of the mountain. I love the end of that so much in the message translation. It says, I feel like I'm the king of the mountain. And so if you've read chapters one through two, Habakkuk just continuously explains what is going on. The oppression, the violence, the greed, the pride, the um, the lust, like everything is happening after a season of revival. So it's like God's people have experienced revival and yet they slid back into sin. And Habakkuk is like, God, I know you can do something about this, but you're not. And I don't know when I'm going to see your hand in this. And yet, even though Habakkuk is not only fearful of God's, like where God's people are headed, but he's also super confused about God's response to him and his solution. And yet at the end of um, verse 19, it says, I feel like the king of the mountain. So it's like, how can Habakkuk be going through all this confusion, probably anxiety and fear, not only for himself, but for for God's people, and yet still feel like the king of the mountain? How is he still able to worship and rejoice despite everything that's going on? 
And I think we can absolutely say that for what's going on in today's world. I don't even need to point out specific things for at least one thing to come to mind when I say that our world is wicked and we are backslidden and we need revival. And yet we can feel like the king or queen of a mountain because we have God. And it's so opposite of our world, right? Like that the presence of God alone is enough to pull us out of our circumstances. We don't need money. We don't need more stuff. We don't need external validation that the presence of God alone is enough and that he sets our feet on a firm ground so that we can look beyond what we might see and even what we, what might be coming. So like not only is Habakkuk under, like not only does he see firsthand what God's people are fall, have fallen into, but he also knows that the Babylonians are coming and they're coming faster than horses. They, they're swifter than eagles. I think it, the word says in chapter two, God is telling Habakkuk how strong these Babylonians are. And so like Habakkuk not only sees what's happening, but he knows what's coming. And that's even scarier. <laughs> um, but that the Lord has given us something to rejoice in and over. Like, it just reminds me of just something firm and solid that is unmoving because that like God is unchanging. And so when we want to flee and re- and like celebrate or find joy in whatever, alcohol, drugs, a person, sex, anything that takes our mind off of, our eyes off of God, he like all of those things are going to change. All of those things can go away in an instant. And then what do we have? We don't have a person anymore. That person left us. We don't have a drug for whatever reason. We don't have the alcohol because we don't have money because we spent all of our money on drugs and alcohol, like whatever it is. But God is unchanging and rejoicing in him and fleeing to him is so much more sustainable and healthy than anything the world can offer us and says that we need in times of trouble. He gives us something over and over and over again. And no one wants to be sad. No one wants to be depressed. And like, I I know it's not as simple as saying, I'm just not going to be sad anymore. <laughs> I'm just not going to be sad anymore. I'm just not going to do it. And then it just suddenly goes away. I know it's not that simple. But there is power in rebuking any spirit that may be trying to take root, trying to root itself in our hearts. And there's power. There is authority. Because remember, if you have accepted Jesus, you have the same spirit, the same authority that rose him from the grave three days later. There is power in saying and declaring that even though I'm sad or scared or confused, I have at least one thing to be joyful about. And that's really all we need. We just need one thing to focus our minds on in times of trouble. I have at least one thing that can take my eyes away from and my mind off of the pain I'm experiencing. I have a heavenly father who will work on my behalf if I just come before him and lay it all down. And two days ago, I think it was, what is today? I think it was Tuesday night. I sat up in my, I sat up in my bed for like my evening prayer and 
what kind of was just supposed to be like, God, thank you for today. And, you know, I pray for this person. I pray for this person ended up being like maybe 30 minutes of me just weeping before the Lord. And while I was talking about something that was that I am upset about, and that makes me sad, it was more tears of like relief because I didn't know that I was holding on to such weighted, weighted emotions, like heavy emotions until I brought them to God. And so sometimes it's easy just to think like, it's easy to think, well, I don't feel that strongly about this thing, or I'm not that upset about it. It's fine. Like, I don't need to bring it to God. It's not, I don't need to talk about it. But then when you actually start to talk about it, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm about to break down. Like the walls of like a dam are literally about to bust through. And it's like, oh, I didn't even think it affected me that much. I didn't even think that bothered me that much. I don't think about it that often. But you really don't know like what someone's words or someone's actions, you don't, you really don't understand how those settle in your heart until you start talking about them. And you're just like, dang, I, I guess I am really upset about this. And so when I was just praying to him, it was like, yes, I was crying because of the topic, but I was also just like filled with gratitude that I could even bring this to him in the first place because the word says that we can go boldly before the throne room of grace and make our request known to him and just lay everything down on his feet. And so I just felt this like gratitude and also repentance because I was like, God, I know, you know, I've been carrying this, but I've been thinking that I could just do this on my own and I don't need to talk to you about it. And that's just such a lie because we need him all the time in all, in all things. And even just the other day, I went to a dance class, like a workout class. And this girl that I used to dance with a lot, and we used to be like kind of good friends, but I haven't seen her in like a year or so. She walks in, I'm already in the studio. She walks in and I wave, I'm excited to see her. And she just literally looks at me and just kind of like nods her head and like walks in a different direction and like doesn't even acknowledge me. And immediately I'm like offended. I'm like, okay, I think, I mean, we were friends for like two years, but okay. And so <laughs> that was at the beginning of class. And I was like, okay, I have a choice. I can either let this ruin my dance class and my workout, or I can bring God into this. And so instead of like, instead of like freaking out, like I wanted to, or like, I felt like I should have, or I was entitled to, I just asked God. I said, I said, God, did you see that? Did you see what just happened? Did you see that look she gave me? What the heck? And then just talking about it to him was like so much more of a relief because I know that he's, I, I know that he did see it. I know that the moment it happened, he knew exactly how I felt in that moment and the emotions I would struggle with. And so after my dance class, I just, when I was stretching, I was just, Lord, I was just like, Lord, thank you that I'm here today, even though it didn't like start the right way. <laughs> didn't start how I thought it would. I just thanked him that I can move my body and I can make it to dance class. We, I have a car to take me to dance class. I have a body that can move. I have ears that can listen. I have eyes that can see. I have a heart that can experience joy. And then it just turned into gratitude. Did I still feel the sting of what happened? Yeah. But more than one emotion can live in your body at the same time. And so... All of this to say, 
that gratitude and worship are going to be so much more powerful than the emotions that you're feeling in the moment. And it doesn't mean that what we're trying to do is sweep them away or push them under a rug and ignore them, but it just makes it so much more manageable. And you're not, I personally, I can't speak for everybody. I personally, when I go, when I'm going through something tough and the memory of that might be surrounded with like anger and, um, a lot of heavy emotions and offense and whatever, I like to I like to know that if I decide to worship in the tough circumstances and the moments that really like hurt me that I'm going to remember that time of a time of as a time of worship. When we choose to worship the Lord in our pain, um when we choose to sing to God, to thank him, to get down on our knees and to worship when we don't feel like it, we are showing that we honor who he is and not just what he can give us. And it's not saying, God, thank you so much that I'm going through this heartbreak. Thank you so much that I'm grieving right now. Thank you that you're sending me into a season of loneliness and isolation. Like, it's not really how it needs to sound. Um, I don't, that's not really what we're thanking him for. Um, I think that can definitely be a heart posture where it's like, God, you like, okay, I went through a long season of loneliness and like friendlessness. And after a while, I did begin to I did begin to thank him for it because I was like, there's a reason why you have me here and I don't know what it is and it's really hard, but thank you for bringing me here because I know that your judgment and your wisdom is better than mine and you're right in all things. And so it's not necessarily thanking him for like breaking our heart because he, he doesn't. He doesn't bring us into bad situations, he, but he brings them, he brings us out of them. He's the God, he's a redeemer, he's our healer, he's our friend, he's our father. Um, and so it's thanking him for his sovereignty over the situation that we're, we're walking through. And that is like the purpose of worshiping anyway, because gratitude and anxiety, like they kind of cancel each other out. I don't feel a lot of anxiety when I'm focused on how grateful I am to serve God, to live in a country where I don't get persecuted for owning a Bible, to live in a home in a neighborhood that I feel safe in. And if you want to get like nitty gritty about it, it's like if I'm sitting on the couch and I'm sobbing because something horrible just happened, Lord, thank you that I have this couch that can support me <laughs> and soak up my tears. And some of that might seem a little silly, but it's gratitude. And it's worship. We can always draw near to him in a, in a multitude of ways. Your worship is your own, whether that's music or singing or writing or painting, um, knitting, <laughs> running, exercising, whatever it is, journaling. We can draw near to him by singing psalms or hymns or reflecting on his goodness and speaking well of him. And there might be times when all of that seems too difficult when you just want to lay in bed and it just seems impossible to thank God and to praise him. But even whispering a prayer of praise can usher in a sense of liberty and peace. And I think we forget that even our tears are silent prayers. And there have been so many times in my life where I just didn't know what to say. And I remember I was living in my apartment at the time and I was going through like betrayal after betrayal with friendships 
And I just was curled up on my bed. And I was like, God, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> like, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say at all. And as, But as soon as I said, God, this is so hard. And that was the first time I'd ever been like real with him. And I wasn't trying to structure my prayer in a way that was like perfect and pretty. I was just like, God, this sucks. That was enough to usher in the presence of God and like enough for me to open up my senses and realize that God had me and was holding me and understood what I was walking through. And I felt his peace. And I think like culture sometimes is like, yeah, well, you can't just like suddenly be okay. Like I can't just, you can't just tell me to get over it and I'm over it. But it's like the presence of God kind of works that way because it's so soothing and it's so peaceful. And it's like, I know when you're like, when we're each going through something tough and then you hear someone say like, yeah. And then the presence of God came on me and I was peaceful and then I just got up and I was fine. It's not always going to happen like that, but there have been times where that has happened for, for me, where I felt the presence of God and suddenly I was just okay. And it wasn't that I didn't feel that emotion anymore. It was just like, you know what? I just had like an empowering moment, like a moment of authority where I was like, you know what? In the grand scheme of things, this doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Now, not all situations don't matter, but just the ones I'm talking about that I've been through, just a couple of them, but it's, it can happen. It really, really can happen. And when you worship and rejoice, despite the pain, despite the emotions, despite the heaviness, the betrayal, disloyalty, whatever it is, whether it's your sin or someone else's that you're being affected by, when you worship anyway, God honors it so much. There's another part of Habakkuk um, that talks about him rejoicing in knowing of what God had done in the past and knowing that he could do it again. And I think that is incredibly important when we struggle to worship in our suffering. Um, when we like, if you're going through something and you cannot think of a single thing that you feel gratitude over or grateful for, okay, <laughs> there's a lot of other things God has done for you. And if you can't think of anything that he's done for you, think about something that he's done for somebody else that you know. So like, I don't know how to exactly word this story. A friend of mine told, told me that she was pregnant and I was like over the moon. I was so happy. <laughs> it was such, it was such a sweet moment. And then we immediately went into worship, um, Sunday night. And at the time I was like, you know, kind of struggling with some things on my own. And when I didn't have anything to be like, when I couldn't figure out what to exactly pull out of my own life, I like prayed for 30, 40 minutes over my friend. And I was so grateful that not only do I have a friend that shared that intimate information with me, those intimate details, um, but that God just created a life in her and he's expanding their family tree and he's going to do a good work and he's going to he's going to complete the work that he started in her and in this baby. And that was so, I can, I mean, I'm like getting teary eyed right now. Like that was enough. 
that was enough to shepherd me into a moment of gratitude with God, even though it wasn't over my specific life. And that's not to say that we don't have something to be grateful for every single day, the moment we open our eyes. I don't want, I don't want anyone to be in the habit of being like, yeah, I don't have anything to be grateful for in my life. So I'm going to like look to other people. I'm just saying that if it's a struggle in that moment where your mental health is like really fighting back with you, there are like, God is so good and you can see his goodness everywhere and any form of gratitude, whether it's for you or for somebody else, past or present is enough to shepherd in his presence and bring you back into his grace when you don't feel like you've been dwelling in it. Here's one of my favorite verses. It's Psalm 33, 15. It says, the one who formed their hearts understands everything they do. And while this episode isn't nece- doesn't necessarily have to be about like worshiping during suffering, I think it's like that's normally what kind of stops us from worshiping. It's like, like I said in the beginning, I'm either suffering or I'm worshiping. I'm either sad or I can worship. I'm either depressed or I'm joyful. Like you can be both both things can live in the same space. And so like God is so aware of our pain and that, and he cares about it. And he even shares our pain with us because he's our father and he created us. He shares our pain so naturally because he knows us and he created us. And then we also have Jesus who walked in the same shoes that we've walked in, who experienced a multitude of emotions and a multitude of situations and can walk right beside us into and out of every season, tough season, um, no matter what that looks like, because he was here and he came to understand and to help us, to help us understand that everything is possible, like getting through everything, working through everything, finding community, um, everything that we could suffer through, everything that we could hope for is possible in God. And Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I just feel like, like, I just get this vision from this verse from somebody, like, kneeling on the ground, crying and broken. And then the Lord runs to you and says, I will help you. I'll help you. And isn't that, like, all we want to hear sometimes? It's just, like, I'm here I'm here with you in this and I'm like, I want to help you. And then not only does he want to help us, but he has the ability to help us. He has the power and the authority and the authority and the mightiness to actually do it and deliver it. Because if not that people are not well-meaning, but it's like, if somebody told me like, I can help you through this. I mean, people fail and people don't always understand what you're going through. And they don't always know what exactly to say, but like God knows exactly what you're feeling and you don't even have to tell him. He wants you to tell him. He wants you to open up and share, but it's like, he doesn't even have to know every single detail. Well, we don't have to tell him every detail because he already knows. And he has the ability to help us through it all. So it's like, why wouldn't you want to run to him? And I mean, like, I'm not just like pointing fingers. I'm, I say the same thing to myself where I'm just like, why? don't I run to God because like he's the only one that is capable of even helping me through this and understanding. And 
yeah, I just feel like I self-sabotage myself sometimes where I'm like, I'm just going to sit and suffer for a little bit longer before I go to the God who I know can actually help me out of this and give me the wisdom um, to work through this and also make sure that my heart isn't hardened by whatever I'm walking through. There has not been a time where I have completely laid out everything I was experiencing um, and not been met with compassion and love. And I can promise you that I have never, ever seen his back because he has never turned away from me. Even when I was confessing sin, like deep sin, even when I was struggling to admit or confess or just um, articulate what I was going through, he's never turned away from me and he has never and will never turn away from you. And my favorite thing to do when I'm like really, really struggling to worship, like worship anyway, rejoice anyway, is to go hard, like go all out. And I turn on music on my TV. I turn it up loud. I turn it up really loud and I stand or I kneel on a pillow, bad knees. (laughs) I stand or I kneel and I worship. I mean, my hands are on the floor and I'm crying tears flowing because sometimes it's like when we're pushing ourselves and when we're trying to fight through our flesh you just got to do the big thing sometimes because like your flesh is going to fight tooth and nail to get you and the enemy is going to throw everything at you to get you to to just it's fine like you don't need to worship god knows you can just sit and watch tv and eat your chips and or you can go to sleep at you know six o'clock and ignore all your problems and you can shut people out like you normally do. And it's fine because God forgives you and everything. And it's not about forgiveness necessarily. It's about relationship because when I'm going through something really tough, I need to talk to somebody about it, whether it's like a best friend or a family member and that same feeling, we should have that same reaction with God. Oh my gosh, I need to talk to God right now. I need to go to him right now because I don't know what to do. I'm freaking out. My friend just gave me the cold shoulder and I don't know what to do. That really hurt me and I don't want to hold on to this anymore. We need to have that same knee-jerk reaction, but with worship. And talking to him is worship. It's all worship. Journaling, like prayer journaling, praying, whatever it looks like to you, it's all worship. But for me, I, I love music and I love to lean on music. And so I'll turn on worship music and I will throw my hands up. I'll dance. I'll yell. <laughs> I'll pray. I will repeat and read the Psalms back to him. And dang, do my problems feel so small afterward. They're not gone. They're not supposed to be gone. But dang, they feel small compared to my God, compared to how big and mighty he is and how faithful he is to deliver me out of it. So I just want to leave you with this little bit of encouragement Say yes to his invitation. Say yes to his invitation to share in his rich goodness, in the rich goodness of his love, and in his good news. And remember that you are sowing seeds with your tears. And you are sowing seeds with, like in every moment that you go to him, you build you build upon your relationship with him and you are sowing seeds for the faith that you want in the future, for the relationship that you want with him in the future. Because every 
moment that you depend fully on him is strength. And it's building that foundation of our faith. And then suddenly, like I can say this with confidence and I'm kind of, it's only been in the past couple months that I've honestly realized how much I've grown in my faith. And it's like, there were da- there were times like, I mean, this is normal, you know, when you first start walking with the Lord, like I didn't know a single scripture, <laughs> but then I go, you know, that was, I don't know, six years ago. And then, you know, I started, my friend and I started a Bible study and now it's like, I don't even need to have, I don't even need to read my Bible to just rehearse or to just spit out scripture and just offer scripture in a conversation. And that's like really what I wanted because I wanted to be able to fight for people in prayer using scripture. And I don't know. I think the, the, the seeds that you sow, they're just going to spring up. Like they're going to be so fruitful. And then you're just going to be like, dang, okay. Like when did that happen? Like I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And now I have like a whole garden and it's crazy. (laughs) And he's just so, he's just so faithful but we, we have to partner with him. And so remember that as you're sowing seeds, God promises that his word will never return void. And that's Isaiah 5, 55, 11. And Hebrews 10, 23 says that he who promised is faithful, period. And like I said in the last episode around here, we believe the Bible from cover to cover, And so if you don't believe that he's faithful, I I need you to do some heart checks with the Holy Spirit (laughs) because he is faithful. And everything that you read about his character in the Bible is true yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that worked miracles in the Bible that we read, the same God in the stories, the same God that Isaiah, Hosea, Esther, Ruth, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the same God that they're talking about is active today and is the same God that did those things back then. He's the same God. So the more you understand, the more you read and the more you create this like, um, healthy, accurate picture of who he is, the more you're going to understand your place, the correct heart posture. You're going to understand how he sees you, how to interact with him how to build your relationship with him, all of it. But you're going to do it in like in an, like in the right way and not in like the religious way. <laughs> you're going to do it in the faith by grace or grace by faith. Wait, grace by faith. Yeah, I think that's right. You're going to understand it in like the new covenant blood of Jesus way. <laughs> I don't even know if that made sense. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to understand it in the way that Jesus intended us for to understand it. There we go. Period. <laughs> so worship anyway. Whatever you're going through, even after this episode, go worship. No matter what that looks like to you, worship and honor God. Give gratitude to him. Talk to him. Like if all your emotions about like in a situation are in a box, open that lid, rip it open and pour it out before him. And please record in like a journal how you feel afterward because you're going to you're going to need that like that cornerstone in your faith to remember oh yeah every single time that I've brought something that I didn't want to bring to God but I did anyway um I was actually met with peace and love and compassion and understanding and faithfulness and promise 
And that's what you're going to (laughs) need to remember when the enemy's like, you don't need to do that. You don't, or your flesh. I don't need to do that. God already knows. I don't need to explain it to him. It's whatever. I don't need healed. Mm, Okay. (laughs) You'll be on on your knees eventually. And it's just the best feeling. Like God is so faithful and he's so good. Yeah. So a shorter episode today, but I love it. Um, I love the topic. Love the book of Habakkuk. If you haven't read it, go read it. It's only three chapters. You can do it. (laughs) Next week, another episode out on Friday. Um, Super exciting. I am pre-recording all my episodes right now. So I'm just, you know, obviously it's Thanksgiving. I am getting them in as much as I can before December 1st, because that is when the podcast season six part two (laughs) launches. (laughs) That was my fault for taking a break. I took a really, really long break during season six. Um, And the other thing was like, I didn't label, like I didn't number all of my episodes until like this week. So I was like, I don't even know when season one and two and like one through six even ended or started. So I kind of like went through them and numbered them and everything. But again, that kind of doesn't matter because I deleted a bunch of them and now they're all kind of out of order, but that is okay. That's okay. <laughs> so I am um, praying that, oh my gosh, we did not pray before this episode. Okay, let's do it now. What the heck? <laughs> Father God, thank you so much for this episode, Lord. Thank you for just your sovereignty over every situation, God. Lord, I thank you that we can come to you boldly and worship you in any season of life. It doesn't matter what emotions we're experiencing. It doesn't matter who said what, who did what. Lord, you want it all. You want our confession. You want the pretty prayers. You want the not pretty prayers. You want the not so pretty prayers. You want our tears, our laughter, our joy, our sadness. God, we just want communion with you every day. And God, I just thank you that you are trusting, you're compassionate, you're loving, you're faithful. Because we don't deserve any of that. God, we fall short of your grace and the standard of Jesus every single day. Lord, but you still call us worthy and chosen and loved. And you still want to partner with us. You still want to walk beside us, God. And Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that it does not return void. I thank you that you are making all things new, that you are transforming hearts, God. And Lord, I just pray a blessing over the person listening to this episode today, God, Lord, I pray that even one second of this podcast encourage them to run to you and worship and rejoice and lay it all before you because we were never meant to carry what the world has tried to put on our shoulders. And God, your word says that your burden is light and your yoke is easy and we are believing that today. So God, I just pray that you would bring forth a memory for them, a memory for us, that reminds us of your goodness. And I pray that you would teach us how to truly worship you. Lord, bring us to the scripture, bring us to the memories, bring us to the mentors that show us how to authentically worship in really, really tough seasons, but also in the really good seasons because you deserve it all. God, we just love you and we thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't forget to leave um, a rating and a review of the Candid Faith Podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's on Spotify 
or Apple Music, or not Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. Um, ratings and reviews help other people find my podcast, but it also just gives me the warm and fuzzies on the inside when you do. (laughs) So I, um, yeah, I would just really appreciate that. I am trying to build candid faith more and more, um, and just pray that it blesses every blesses everyone that listens and that this community will continue to grow. Um, yeah. And follow me on social media. My handles are in the episode description. So yeah, I, Hope you guys have an amazing week, weekend, and I will be chatting with you um, next week.